0: Hello and welcome to Two Beers Till Takeoff. My name is Phil and before getting into the episode, I just wanted to address the elephant in the room. If you haven't noticed, Brandon has left the show and moving forward, I will be the host of Two Beers Till Takeoff. I wish Brandon nothing but the best in his future endeavors. To the listeners, I've seen your increased support in the past month and I just want to say thank you for sticking around. I'm so excited for you guys to hear the upcoming episodes. Delivering high quality commercial free episodes is unfortunately not free, so So if you'd like to support the podcast, you can check out the Two Beers Will Take Off Patreon page where for as low as $0.16 cents a day, you can help the podcast grow. And for a free option, if you still want to help them support the podcast, you can help support by giving the show a five-star rating and leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell your friends so together we can make this the number one travel podcast. I've been talking it up, I guess, in the last few episodes. I'll be telling you about one of the craziest experiences of my life, my experience with the world's most powerful psychedelic ayahuasca. So now let's let's move forward to the more in, intense portion of the of the story. Let's talk about ayahuasca. So what is ayahuasca? Ayahuasca is a South American psychedelic tea that is made by combining two plants found in the Amazon and boiling them for 10 to 14 hours. At the end of the boil there's approximately 1 liter of ayahuasca. You may know ayahuasca by its nickname the spirit drug or its active ingredient, DMT, uh, short for dimethyltryptamine. Interestingly enough, DMT is naturally produced in the human brain, more specifically in the pineal gland. pineal gland and is present when we are dreaming. Ayahuasca has been consumed for centuries by tribes in South America for their spiritual ceremonies. Even religions have emerged with ayahuasca use at the forefront in these regions. The drug does have a limited amount of research, but users have been known to use this drug to treat PTSD, anxiety disorders, and depression. Now that you know a bit more about ayahuasca, let's get into the story. So for those who haven't heard the start to the Peru story, stop this episode and go listen to it. It's It's titled "I Got Engaged Slash Robbed in Peru." So, a quick recap. For those who have listened to the episode Is day one in Peru My bag never showed up My bag that had all the stuff for our jungle trek And our mountain, mountain adventures And then day two My phone got robbed On the way to the airport at knife point So I was without my bag And all my stuff And without my phone The itinerary was that I was going to the jungle With Sid for a week My, my girlfriend Jacqueline was going to join us For the mountainous portion of the trip One week later So this story starts in Iquitos Iquitos for those who don't know is the city that is the the biggest city that you can't reach by vehicle or by foot you need to get there either by boat or by plane so it's quite remote and it's right by the amazon so when Sid and I got to Iquitos we jumped into a uh, tuk-tuk the tuk-tuk driver was like hey are you guys interested in a jungle tour which we were And he's like i know a company and i can you know set you up with this company And you can go see if the, you know if, if it if it's a good fit so we get there get to talk to talking to the, to the jungle tour uh, guide and he's explaining everything the, the things that we're going to see the things that we're going to experience uh kind of just walking through the jungle experience And he mentioned doing ayahuasca as an option for uh, our time in the jungle. So Sid and I had talked about doing ayahuasca before going kind of loosely, but we hadn't really decided if we were going to do it or not. And at the time when I was sitting in the jungle tour office, having a beer with Sid and this tour guide, I honestly was not in the right headspace to do ayahuasca. I knew ayahuasca was like this intense psychedelic and everything that I like for me in terms of drugs, I've literally just smoked weed and taken edibles. I've never done any psychedelics. I've never done any hard drugs. So the things that I've heard from psychedelics is that it's a, you need to be in the right mind space to do psychedelics. And ayahuasca being the, the, the strongest psychedelic on earth, I definitely was not feeling the best or, or ready to in- embark on this experience. So we decided, you know what, we're just going to, we're going to skip doing ayahuasca. We're going to go to the jungle. We're going to experience what the Amazon has to offer and that'll be it. So we leave Iquitos. We start on our journey to our jungle huts in the middle of the Amazon. And after about a day, we, Sid and I kind of look at each other. You know, there's, there's a feeling you get when you kind of go back to nature, you connect with nature. You know what I mean? There's, there's a relaxing feeling. There's a reason people go and you know, have vacations in cabins or, or in the middle of nowheres because you're completely disconnected. I, for one, didn't have a phone. So it was, I, I, at that point, I was like, you know what? I think I'm relaxed enough to consider taking ayahuasca. And Sid felt the same way. He was like, yeah, you know what? This is the right setting. Uh, our, our jungle tour company was really good. And you can just tell that, or just having talked to another few people that had done it through the tour, he said that it was really good. There was a 72 year old shaman that came and helped you along your trip. And so we were, I guess, more open to the idea. And so we talked to our tour guide and he said, all right, we're interested in doing ayahuasca. What do we do? So he's like, all right, well, to even get to the ayahuasca trip, you have to prepare. You can't just walk into an ayahuasca. You have to so I think from from a bit of research uh most people recommend staying off processed foods, alcohol or uh meat for one month before doing ayahuasca so we only had a couple days left in the in, in in the amazon so our guy said listen if you can if you can stay clean for for two days of meat processed foods and alcohol he said you should be fine to do ayahuasca so that's what we did the next two days we didn't do all those things and on the last night before doing the ayahuasca trip we had to skip supper so I guess to give you an image of where we were in the jungle, like our jungle huts were essentially bungalows. So there's there's a four or five bungalows, and then there's a meal hall, and then there's kind of this little jungle hut. Where they do the ayahuasca ceremonies, so the ceremonies are typically done at night and you know there's other there's a it, it, where we were staying there was a lot of other people so so what they did is they actually said everybody had to go back to their rooms everybody had to turn off their lights they had to be silent in order for us to do this experience it was that intense and i I can remember Sid and I we were just pacing getting ready to do this experience we're <sighs> I think we're having a bit moments of clarity, realizing that we were miles away from a hospital. We were, you know, there's no service. I guess in hindsight, it might have been a little bit dangerous. But just having just having known that there was other people at the at the um, that were doing the jungle tours that had done it with them made us feel a little bit better about that. So eventually all the lights go out. We sit down with the shaman and... He starts to tell us about the experience, what's going to happen, he explains that it's going to take about 20 to 30 minutes for the, uh, for the tea to take action. And then we can expect to probably vomit. And then, then we're kind of off to the races, for, onto the experience. So, Sid, so you can just imagine Sid and I were sitting on these little cushions, sitting next to one another with the shaman facing us. And our tour guide, Frank, in the background, just ready to tr- tr- to translate if need be. <laughs> and so we take the tea and the tea itself was terrible. It was, it tastes essentially like dirt. It's like a thick dirt going down your throat. It's, it's fucking gross. And after you take it, or I guess before you take it and after you take it, the shaman continuously tells you, you know, focus on why you want to be here. Prepare questions that, yeah, prepare questions for like, that to be answered and so yeah just think focus on why you're here why you here why you here why you're here and um as the experience starts to happen you the first thing i noticed that happened to me was i started to feel like sweaty like i was sweating quite a bit i was starting to feel you know the feeling when you kind of are on the verge of vomiting you kind of start to feel weak little your hands kind of start feeling weird your extremities start feeling weird And I can also remember the first weird thing to happen to me was that I could hear crickets, right? We're in the middle of the jungle. We're in this jungle hut and there's no sound, right? Everybody's, every other person that's there is in bed or sleeping or whatever. And the only thing you can really hear is crickets. And the first thing that really made the experience weird, or I was just like, oh, it's starting, was that the cricket sound doubled and then it tripled and then it quadrupled. So it became no longer just a sound. It became a vibration. And I know people, if I was listening to this right now, I would probably be like, this guy's crazy. What the hell? But listen, look into it. There's a lot of other people that do this. I'm not the first person to do this. It's, uh, It's starting to be, I guess, discovered by Western people now. And it's, yeah, it's an experience. So the the humming started and then all of a sudden, I just felt like someone had just put me in a spaceship and just pressed the gas to the pedal to the metal. And I was just going through space, just like, holy fuck, I can't control myself. Like, holy shit. And yeah, that was that probably went on for it's hard. Time was kind of hard to say, but it went on for a little bit. And following that, I started to puke. And yeah, puking is not fun puking was was I thought puking was going to be the worst part of this experience, but or I, I thought that the puking would make me not want to do the experience. But looking back, it's it's so minor. There's so many benefits that outweigh the negatives in terms of puking. Puking's nothing, and yeah. So after you're done puking, I could if I opened my eyes, I could see visions, like formations. Just, just there was some stuff in my vision that was blocking my eyes. It's pretty weird. First time, first time experiencing that, so it's was, is it was pretty weird. But, um, and so eventually, after you start, I stopped puking. I got to this place where I wasn't going a thousand miles an hour, and I was just there, and. I was then able to communicate with something and it would answer my questions. So the format that it would give me, or I guess the format that I would see in my brain when I was closing my eyes, was that I would bring up a topic or the thing would bring up a, a, a topic and then it would give either green for good and then a percentage of how good or how good that was. And if it was bad, it would do red and then would do a percentage, and so that's it started to do every single facet of my life. It, it was like it was like a complete 360 in terms of friends, family, work, uh, questions about myself, like uh, spouse, Uh, just every single thing that you can imagine of your life. It was telling me if this was good, if it was bad. And yeah, it was, it was completely insane. So just a bit of precursor. So the two nights before Sid and I decided to do ayahuasca, we were drinking. We were the only tour guide or tour group that brought drinks, but we were having some drinks with a few guys and we, uh, or Sid asked me, he's like, Phil, when are you going to get married? And then I was just like, you know what? Like, I don't know why, like I haven't done it before. Like I've been with my partner for five years and I was just like, yeah, like, like what have I been waiting for? Like, you know, we've been together for so long and I love her and like, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. And so one of the guys that we were drinking beer with, was saying, oh, like you said you were going to, you know, Humante Lake and Machu Picchu. He said both those places would be amazing places to propose. And so he's like, dude, like definitely like he'd say, like he said, do Humante Lake where I proposed because there's less people there, but it's it's so beautiful. That's like an that'd be an amazing place to propose. And so back to the trip, my girlfriend Jacqueline comes up in 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 my brain. In, in the, I guess, the evaluation. And she comes up negative. She comes up like 54% negative. And that was really confusing to me because like, I was like, I, I, I didn't even bring it up. Like, you're the one who kind of told me to look at or to, that you're the one who introduced Jacqueline. Like, I was like, you know, two nights before I decided that I was going to propose to her. I think if you're proposing to someone, you obviously know how you feel about that person. There's, you know, no doubts that you want to be with this person. And so all of a sudden, this thing that was telling me what's right and wrong in my life was saying Jacqueline is isn't is, is negative. And it also told me that I had to break up with her on this trip. And that's when I started having a bad trip because I, I, I was planning to propose and it was telling me to do the opposite. And then so eventually I got pissed off at this being and I was like, well, screw you. Like this, this ayahuasca is going to wear off eventually. And. When it does, like, I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want. You can't control me. And so the ayahuasca person retaliated by saying, well, if you don't do this, if you don't break up with her on this trip, you are going to get married and have a kid in the next three years and she's going to divorce you. And it even showed me a picture of a guy that she was going to be with. And it, that's when I was starting to lose my shit. So my eyes were closed, sitting on this cushion, sitting next to Sid in the dark and just bawling my eyes out. I was just so upset because it was essentially going to ruin my life. I I, I was just so distraught and was just like, fuck this, man, this is the worst thing I've ever done in my life. And so it would you know, try to continue and start to talk about new stuff. And it would bring up other topics. And I'd continuously always go back to Jacqueline. Jacqueline would always be negative. And I'd be like, what the fuck? And towards the end of it, went back to, you went to another topic. I went back to Jacqueline and miraculously, Jacqueline was no longer red. Jacqueline was green, 99%. And then I was like, what the, like, what the hell was this? And the being told me, this was a test. Uh, this was a test to see how much you would fight for you your your future wife, and you passed. She's your soulmate. Congratulations! And it was one of the most intense things I've ex- ever experienced in my life. I've never been more sure that I want to do this <laughs> now. But it was it was just so intense and just so crazy. Uh, after after that happened, obviously it felt really good and yeah, it was it was fucked. So interestingly enough, uh, having talked to other people that have done this experience, they mm. had said that you talk to, to a, some to, you talk to an entity and then at the end it gives you like a list of things you need to prioritize which it did for me too. So and interestingly enough, on that list, Jacqueline was only number two. Uh, Number one, it told me that uh, it told me not to freak out, but that I needed to focus on this thing. And it was cancer. And it said, you have cancer, it's minor, and you have to go get it checked when you get back to Canada. And so I was like, what the hell? And The the shaman that was sitting between Sid and I, or facing, he was he was kind of like we're like in a triangle, right? So he's kind of looking at me and Sid, and anyway, so he's playing. This whole time he's singing, and he's got this little plant thing that he's whacking on his hand that's just making like a noise. Apparently, it's plant power or something. I don't know. And what he would do is when you were going through something difficult, he'd come and do like a solo session on you and when that thing told me that i had cancer or i I needed to or i had cancer in my body and i needed to fix it he came right up to me and he put his hand on my the back of my head and the weird thing is that i do have a mole on my for on 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 my head it's just not the back of my head it's on the side of my head and in hindsight it had like been painful um Maybe like a few months prior to this experience. And so when the shaman put his head, his hand on the back of my head, I thought in my head, that's not the right spot because I could feel the mole on the side of my head pulsating. And right when I said that in my head, never communicated to the guy, he moved his hand from the back of my head directly onto the mole on the side of my head which is covered by hair in the middle of the dark and no words were exchanged doesn't fucking make sense i know it sounds weird i was as weird as out as as you were and yeah when he touched it he blew some he was smoking this big cigarette thing it's like natural tobacco and he was just blowing smoke on it and it just made it feel good and uh yeah so i guess i'm in i'm in the process of that so i guess I'll i'll keep you guys updated but yeah, in terms of, of the of the experience itself, I, I honestly had a good time with like when, once I was talking to the entity and I wasn't, I didn't think that my girlfriend was going to dump me or I was going to have to dump my girlfriend. Uh, it was honestly a, a good experience. Like I remember like laughing with the entity, like telling jokes. they tell you, tell me jokes. Like I remember at one point, like kind of being like, this is just so cool. Like, holy shit. And being like, oh yeah, if, if, if you're able to tell the future. Uh, what what are going to be the lottery numbers? And I remember in my brain, there's just two middle fingers that came up and were like, fuck you. This isn't why you're here. And uh, there was other times when I wasn't asking the right questions that or questioning that the entity was real or not. Like I was like, this is bullshit. Like this isn't real. And it would make me tick. Like my right shoulder would just tick, 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 tick it's almost like it was shaking me to ask the right questions. And there's another time I remember I was like questioning, be like this, like this isn't fucking real. Like whatever, like I don't believe you. And you know, when you close your eyes, especially when you're in the dark, you close your eyes, all you kind of see is just black. And that's, that's what I was seeing. But my eyes were closed and to, to show its presence, it was like flashing lights on and off. Like if somebody had a flashlight in your eyes and it was flashlight flashing it on and off, that's what it felt like. But there was nobody with a flashlight. Like it, it was really fucking weird. And yeah, like I said, this this experience lasted approximately three to four hours with the shaman. And um, in total, it takes usually three to six hours. And what was really weird for me <laughs> is that through, throughout this whole process, the shaman was singing. And like I said, he was whacking this plant thing. He's singing. And I remember the, the entity speaking to me and being like, hey, like the experience is almost over. Ask your last questions like this. I'm, I'm about to leave. So just ask your last questions. And I was like, OK, so asking more questions. And then it was like, OK, last question. I'm almost gone. I'm almost gone. Like, what's your last question? And I asked my last question. And then the gu- the shaman stopped just like that. Stopped seeing, stopped hitting his little plant thing. And he's like terminado. Experience is over. And then I opened my eyes. I could still I was still hallucinating a little bit, but largely the the experience in my head was not happening anymore and uh yeah it was pretty fucked uh for me for me like i said i I had personal reasons why i wanted to do this experience and um it was for me i think it was i left there feeling like i had a thousand pounds off my shoulders it was an experience that for me it was Uh, therapeutic a lot of people from what i've read uh after doing the experience is they explain that it's something that it's like forced therapy yeah when you're communicating to this being it's like it knows you better than you know yourself and you're not able to bullshit or you can't omit the bullshit that you sometimes tell yourself and it's like being the most honest you've ever been with yourself um and I think because of that and the solutions that it provided, uh, it was, yeah, I just, since then I felt really good. I, I obviously, like, I'll, you know, after you come back from a vacation, go back to work, you obviously feel pretty good, right? You, you've been off for a little while, but it, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely something that's been really helpful, I think. So, uh, but I guess in terms of people, if you're interested in doing this experience, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not on here to say that it's something that's for everyone. Uh, It can be potentially fatal if you from what I've read is that it can be fatal if you combine it or you don't do the um, like the uh, like the. If you would combine it with other drugs or if you don't have a real shaman, apparently those things can really be beneficial or the setting is really beneficial as well. But if you, I guess if you don't do a bit of research into where you're going to do this, who you're going to do it with, it can be potentially bad. Uh, so definitely watch out for that. And like I said, I'm not condoning or saying to do this, uh, but if you are, definitely do your research. Uh, yeah and it, in terms of if you're ready to do it you got to really ask yourself am i ready to go through this journey because it's it's not uh, it's not just smoking weed or something it's 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 definitely 100x times that in terms obviously it's it's a different experience but it's just in terms of the, the time the the length of the experience the intensity of the experience it's just so much more so you got to there's there's, a, there's an, uh, an old Indian guy that was at the Jungle Hut. And I think he gave me the best advice right before. And he said, you're, when you're doing this, you're probably going to be like, oh, fuck, I don't want to be doing this right now. You're going to feel uneasy, right? You're going to vomit. You're gonna You're going to feel wheezy. You're not going to feel good for some portions of this. You're going to also feel really good. But just know that once you've taken this tea, you can't get out. You know, it's not like a shitty movie you watch on Netflix that you can turn off at any time you want. You have to fucking finish that movie, no matter if it's good or bad. So keep that in mind if you consider doing that. Um, Ikitos is considered, I guess, a mecca of ayahuasca ceremonies or ayahuasca places. So definitely try to uh, at least meet with the people that you're going to be doing and, and get some information about the ceremonies themselves. And definitely you want to be safe when you're doing this. Um, uh, as I said also in the beginning that there's uh, churches that are now kind of centered around ayahuasca. Uh, from what I looked up, you can actually do ayahuasca in a lot of countries where it's considered illegal. Uh, if you do join that church, for example, in Canada, there's, uh, I think it's like Santo dia Anyways, just Google ayahuasca church if you're interested and you can join that church and then, it, then experience, uh, ayahuasca in Peru. It's actually where I did, it was actually considered legal. And it's, it's, uh, like I said, at the beginning, it's culturally accepted, um, having talked to some people from from that region they they said it's ayahuasca is kind of just something that they do on a yearly basis uh, where they they're able to kind of just reconnect and recenter and uh, maybe deal with some stuff that's bothering them anyways i i, th- I hope you guys thought that this was uh, informative and entertaining this was definitely uh, like i said one of the craziest experiences of my life uh in terms of doing it again i don't know if i'm I don't think I need to do it again right now. Uh, but maybe somewhere down the line, maybe it's like something you do every 10 years just to, to, to figure out what's going on. But yeah, it's, uh, it doesn't, it's not something that you, you, f- you finish and you're like, yeah, I want to do that. Right. I want to do that again right away. just feels like there's a lot of information or process, but it's, uh, for me, it was a positive experience. Uh, and if you choose to do this experience, well, I hope it's a positive one for you. And uh, yeah, like I said, be safe. And we'll catch you next week on another episode of the Two Beer Still Takeoff. Actually, next week, we are approaching the World Cup and we will have Sid and another special guest on to give you a betting guide or just an awareness guide on the World Cup. So tune in, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Two Beers Till Takeoff. Do you want free additional content or just to stay connected with the show? Then give us a follow on our social media platform. That means TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all of them. Are you in need of podcast production services, video editing, or anything in between? Then look no further than Strut Sound Productions, the official producer of the Two Beers Still Takeoff podcast. Music produced by Alex Gagnon. Check out his work in our show notes. Voiceover done by Viking Leo K. See you next week on Two beers till take off.